Welcome to Storytime with Cedric, episode number 50. So what I decided to do with episode number 50 is kind of make it like a greatest hits podcast. These are some of the funniest stories I've told in the last couple of months. I decided that um, once we hit 2,000 listens, 2,000 views, I would do this just like when we hit 1,000. So we recently hit 2,000 views. And um, I decided to put some of my funniest segments and just put them in one episode. So first of all, thank, uh, I'd like to thank everybody for listening to the podcast, for just giving me five minutes out of your day. It is greatly appreciated. Shout out to um, my army buddies, my co-workers at work. Shout out to everybody that takes a little bit of time to listen to it. It is greatly appreciated. Thank, thank you so much. Secondly, this episode is dedicated to my grandmother. She turns 92 years old today. As a matter of fact, today is her birthday, June 2nd, and she's 91. So my first story, The Sunday Morning Drive, is all about a, a, a real story that happened with me and my grandmother. So I hope that you um, enjoy it. I hope she don't listen to it because I got a lot of cuss words in it. I don't want her to hear it. But um, thank you guys for listening. Once again, I, I, I greatly appreciate it. And um Let's get to the stories, man. So I hope you enjoy it. God bless. And I'll see you guys on episode 51. Buenas noches. What's up, whole world? Welcome back to Storytime with Cedric, episode number 46. So I was sitting here and I was thinking about my grandmother and I was thinking about how slow she used to drive when I was a little, when I was a little kid, whenever I rode with my grandmother and she was driving the car 40 miles an hour, that was all you was going to get 40 miles an hour. That was it. She did not speed. She drove very slow. I remember many a time looking out the window at the rear view and I would just see a whole bunch of cars behind us, bumper to bumper to bumper for like a mile. And then all of a sudden she might step on the brake and you'll hear this shit. Skirt, 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 skirt. Like a half a mile back. I swear to God it was true. My grandmother would do 40 miles an hour. The only time that she would go over the speed limit is if she was late for church. If she was late for church, all bets were off. If she was late to church, she transformed into Mario Andretti. I swear to God. She would haul ass if she was late to church. No prisoners. So that has to so she 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 never sped unless she was late to church. Let's just throw that out there. Now, speaking of church, for those that haven't listened to some of my earlier stories, we used to live right across the street from my grandmother. Directly across the street. We lived in our apartment on the left side of the street. My grandmother lived on the right side of the street, directly across from each other. And every now and then, on Saturday night, we would stay over my grandmother's house. And this, uh, in short, that we got up one time Sunday morning, and we left one time Sunday morning, and we got to church on time Sunday morning. So one particular Sunday, uh, we're going to church. my mother's driving. Now, mind you, my mother has no driver's license, no insurance, none of that shit. But my grandmother used to always have my mother drive. And then she would sit in the back seat 
and finish her makeup or finish, you know, doing her hair or whatever, getting ready for church. So it's me and my brother and my sister and my mother's driving and my grandmother's in the backseat. I'm riding shotgun. And so we're riding and we're a little, we're, we're going a little slow. We're looking like we might be a little bit late church. And uh, my grandmother makes a comment. She says, uh, speed up a little bit. We're going to be late. We're, we're running late. Speed up a little bit. So my mother starts to give a little gas. And have you ever been in a situation where you might be late going somewhere? You're late going to work or late trying to make an appointment, but you, you seem to hit every fucking red light that you can hit on the way to your destination. So it was one of those mornings. Every, every light we hit, we would hit a red one. And we already running late. So every time we had a red light, I'm hearing my grandmother in the back seat doing like this. <sighs> like that, right? And it's like this tension in the air because my, you know, my grandmother's in the back. She's about to freak out. And my mother's trying to drive the car and everything. So um, there, there was one light in particular. Um, what up, Dayton, Ohio? If y'all remember, uh, off of Main Street, there was a school called Van Cleve. You go down the hill, you make a left. It was a lot of trees and shit back there. It was a red light down there. And I swear, it was the longest light in the city of Dayton. It, it felt like it was there for like five minutes. And so we get to this light and we're just sitting there. We're just sitting there. There's nobody behind us. There's no traffic out there. It's quiet. It's, it's nothing going on. It's nothing going on. The light's not changing. My grandmother in the back, she's about to lose it. All of a sudden, she says, fuck it, Wilhelmina. Run the light. Just like that. I swear to God. So, um, my mother steps on the gas. She runs the red light. Before we can get through the intersection, fuck policeman shows up. I don't know where this motherfucker came from. It was empty. We didn't see nothing. And all of a sudden, like, his whole car was behind us. Lights, music, I mean, a little noise. That little shit. All of that was going off. So, we pull over on the side of the road. My grandmother's like, oh, shit, it's the cops. So we pull over to the side of the road, and the first thing I think is, my mama's driving, she ain't got no license. I said, mama, you ain't got no license. So my grandmother says, climb back here, Wilhelmina. So my mother is, she put the car apart, she's climbing over the seat to get to the back seat. At the same time, my grandmother is climbing from the back seat to the front seat. They like climbing over the seat at the same time, trying to switch positions. The cop, and standing outside the door watching everything, right? So, uh, my grandmother rolls down the window. She's trying to, you know, look normal, fix her hair and shit. And uh, she's like, good morning, officer. And uh, he was like, you know, I pulled you over. She said, uh, I know, let me explain. We ran the red light, but I, my daughter drives for me because I'm sick. I don't feel well. And my daughter was driving for me. That's why you seen what you saw we just on our way to church and the police officer was like yeah you look sick you look real sick climbing over the goddamn seat you know i saw all of that right you climbed over here's your ticket and uh gave her a ticket man and told her have a nice day and we went to church man cussing this shit all the way to church i don't know why i thought about that story today but i was just thinking about it it made me chuckle and i wanted to share it so um i hope you enjoyed it thanks for listening Oh, this is my first podcast after the new year, right? So, happy new year. <laughs> All right, that's it. Thanks for listening. God bless. Good night. You know what? I might come back with one more story. 
I think I will come back with one more story. We'll be right back. What's up, whole world? Welcome back. Welcome to episode 32. I think we're in our third segment of Storytime with Cedric. So this is another story that took place a long, long time ago. Me and my brother was little kids. And um, this is a true story that's really happened. I hope my brother doesn't get mad about me telling this story. But it's the truth. And um, I hope you enjoy it. So one, it was a, like a Saturday afternoon. I'm probably about 13. John is two years younger than me. Most of my, most of my adventures from my youth involved you know, my younger brother. We got into a lot of shit together. I can't tell y'all all the stories, but the ones that I can tell, I, I don't want to embarrass myself or embarrass my brother too bad. And some of these stories, I actually call him first and go, hey man, you mind if I tell this story? And if he, if he blesses off on it, I'll, I'll tell it. But uh, this one, I don't think it's too bad. But uh, let me get back to the story. So I think I was about 13, 14 years old, maybe. And my brother's two years younger than me in the house and my mother is sleeping on the couch in the living room and me and John are laying on the carpet in the living room watching television right and so um, I'm like John watch this so we crawl under the couch took my mother's cigarette lighter and I, I lit like you could, you could flick it so you could see the fire but it was like under the couch everything was dark and then when you lit the lighter everything was like lit up look it's bright now it's dark okay now it's bright and you know that was it you know I, I, I crawled back from up under the couch we're watching the movie whatever I get up and I go in the kitchen to get some uh, to get a glass of water my brother about a minute after I get in the kitchen runs in his eyeballs are very very large at this time he's like yo uh, give me some water right now I'm like Get your own water. No, I'm not. I'm serious. Give me some water. Give me some water. So he moves me out of the way. He gets some water and he takes off running back to the living room. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So we go back to the living room and it's smoke coming from under the couch. My mother is asleep on the couch and it's smoke billowing from under the couch. So what happened was um, when I went to the kitchen, John went back under the couch and tried to do the trick that I showed him, but he lit the bottom of the couch on fire while my mother was sleeping on top of the couch. So, um, <laughs> we're trying to put the fire out without waking up my mom, right? So, there was a, um, a little rug like you, you wipe your feet off of when you come in the house. So, I grab the rug, I get on my hands and knees, and I'm like, my mom is sleep on the couch. I'm face to face with her, but my arm is like under the couch sweeping, trying to put the fire out, but it's smoke and shit is burning my arm. And all of a sudden, I see my mother's eyes open. They open, and for a minute it was like, she was happy to see me for a minute, but then it was like, her expression changed like, uh, what the fuck are you doing? And then I think she smelled the smoke. So she hops off the couch, grabs the couch with her left hand, 
picks it up one-handed. This is how this is how adrenaline works. Jumps off the couch, grabs the couch with her left hand, stands the couch up. There was a, a, a bottle of grape juice sitting on like the end table. She grabs the grapefruit juice, throws it on the fire under the couch, and uh, extinguishes the fire. Now, since I'm the oldest, the blame comes to me automatically. I'm like, look, I didn't do anything. I was in the kitchen. I wasn't even in here. But um, that didn't save me. So uh, I think my mom called the police on us. She called the police on us. Yeah, she called the, she called the cops. And then my older brother came home. My older brother, Marlon, he's nine years older than me. So not only is he a big brother, but he's also like a father figure almost, like an authority figure. And I got more stories about my brother later on, but he comes, you know, the, the cops are there. And then my brother comes home. What happened? My mom is pissed. And my brother said, let me whoop him. Let me whoop him. And she said, okay, you can whoop him. So my older brother took me upstairs and gave me an ass whooping while my mom gave my younger brother ass whooping. I still feel like I'm innocent in this. I feel like I'm not guilty in this. But hey, that's the way it goes sometimes. So we both got ass whoopings. And I, overall, I got blamed for it because I was the oldest in the situation. And as an adult, rightfully so. I shouldn't show him the fire and the couch and the shit. Probably would have never happened. But uh, yeah, it was pretty crazy. John, if you're listening, I, I hope you're not upset about me sharing this story. I tell these stories out of love, man. I don't never try to embarrass you. So um, anyway, thank you guys for listening to the story. I appreciate you guys listening to the story. And this is the reason I'm not a pyromaniac. So God bless. So yeah, um, we back. Thanks for listening to Storytime with Cedric. For those who don't know, I just recently moved out to um, Las Cruces. I'm over here in Metro Verde. And they're still, you know, building houses. They're still moving land around. And one of the negatives about when they move all this land, it sends a lot of wildlife. It displaces it. And so I've heard stories about people seeing scorpions in the house and people seeing tarantulas in the house, people seeing bobcats and shit in the backyards. And I'm not really worried about none of that. The one thing that bugs me, though, the one thing that bothers me, that worries me, is when people talk about, the snakes that they've seen, the rattlesnakes that they've seen. I don't do rattlesnakes. I just don't do them. I don't do them well. I grew up in Ohio. I'm used to seeing shit like lightning bugs and roly polies and maybe a mouse here and there. I don't do rattlesnakes, period. As soon as I heard this shit, it started to freak me out, right? So I went and got like snake repellent, put it in my backyard. And you know, the month I've been there about a month, the month that I've been there has been so far so good. I'm starting to relax, starting to you know, let my guard down a little bit. Still careful, not leaving my doors open, you know, still, still, you know, cognizant of what's going on. But uh, last week, um, we went out of town, and so my wife went to the neighbors and asked if they would roll our trash can out to the curb, because trash day was coming, we'd be out of town. And he, he told her, yeah, he was like, hey, um, by the way, um, did you see the snake? And she said, what snake? And he's like, yo, this morning, I opened up the door, and there was a snake on my front porch. And she said, really? 
uh, did you kill it? And he was like, no, I didn't kill it. I just, I shoot it away. And when she told me this, that fucked me up because now I know it's a snake close to my house, right? So the first thing I did was I went to Home Depot and I bought a machete because I'm not fucking around. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not about to call nobody. I ain't about to try to pick it up myself. I see the shit on my front porch. I'm cutting the head off, period. And then I'll call somebody to come get it. I know it sounds harsh. I know it sounds rude, but that's what I'm doing. But like, I got a friend of mine. I don't know how true this is, but I need to ask him about it. He was in the house playing video games. His dog is on the back porch going ape shit, going bonkers, barking. So he goes outside to see what's going on with his dog. And it's a snake, like a rattlesnake in his backyard. And the dog was barking at the rattlesnake. So he goes to like, I don't know if he was going to shoot a rattlesnake or what he was doing. But in the process, he gets bit by the rattlesnake, picks up his dog, goes back in the house, closes the door, locks it, and continues to play Call of Duty. Now, I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to ask this dude, is that true? I don't know how true it is, but he's playing Call of Duty. He's starting to sweat. He's starting to feel a little gross. Then he decides to call 911. They come out, and they save him. But he was bit by a rattlesnake and started playing Call of Duty. I'm going to ask him. I've heard this story from different sources. But I don't know if it's true or not. I gotta ask him. I know he's been bit by a snake before, but I don't know. I don't know the whole story, so I'm gonna ask him about it. So another thing that freaked me out. This is what freaked, this just happened a couple days ago. I got these old sneakers, these old Kevin Durant Nikes, right? The ones that, with all the colors on them, right? And I've had them for about four, five years. I kind of just wear them around the house. I don't really wear them nowhere, but. I had to go in the garage to get something out the garage. And um, I remember I was on the back porch. No, you know what it was? It was raining that day. It was raining all day long. And I went outside and my shoes and got wet. That's what it was. My shoes got wet. And then when I went in the garage, when I would step, I would hear this, this, this weird, it sounded like a rattlesnake tail to me, but it was my shoe because water had got inside the sole. And every time I stepped on it, it would go, psh, psh. And it was freaking me out. And at first I was, I stepped down like, oh shit, there's a snake in here. And every time I would take a step, it would make the noise. So I thought the shit was following me. It was freaking me out, man. Then I put two and two together, kind of figured out it was the shoe making the noise. So I took them shoes and I took them off my feet and I threw them bitches in the trash can. And I don't have them shoes no more. That's how freaked out I am about this situation. So if, um... If you have any suggestions on what I can do to prepare to, to protect myself from uh, a rattlesnake showing up at my house, I'm talking to guys at work and they telling me, nah, man, you got to make a phone call to the department of these people or the, the, the people to come get uh, wild animals. I can't think of what it's called right now. And then they'll come get it. But I got a wife. I got kids to think about. If my, little, if my son sees a snake with all the teddy bears he's got, he's going to go over there and try to play it and he's going to get bit. And that's what I'm trying to avoid. So, anybody in this world that got some advice for me that can help keep snakes away from me and away from my family and me away from snakes, please call me. Please shoot me an IM. Please shoot me a Facebook message. Just pull me to the side in the cafe at work and let me know. I'm here to listen. Tell me what you got. Tell me what you think. All right, man. I got to go back to work. I've vented enough. Thanks for listening to my story. Yo, we about to hit 1,000 listens. Matter of fact, I think this one might be the one that pushes us over 1,000 listens. So, once again... I want to thank everybody for taking the time to listen to my stories. I greatly appreciate it. And I'm out. Adios. Peace. God bless. Good night. Bye-bye.
What's up, whole world? So this story takes place uh, circa 1996, 97. I was a young private, United States Army, stationed in Germany. There was a girl I knew named Dickens, and me and Dickens were very, very cool. A lot of people thought we were dating, we were hooking up, but that was not the case. We just happened to get to the unit at the same time, so we were the only people that we knew, you know, in this in this new unit. That's why we hung out. So, um, we're there for a couple of months, and there was a guy named Mac, right? Now, I'm like 19, 20-ish. Mac was about 30 years old, a little older, very scary. I was scared of Mac. He was like maybe in his early 30s. Mac was a little unstable. He was cool when he wanted to be cool, but he definitely had a don't piss me off vibe about him. And I remember one of the, the, the scariest things I've ever seen a man do was we were riding to the club, Max driving, me and Will are in the back seat. Will was my roommate at the time. And Mac had just bought this brand new CD player for his car. He bought a brand new little JVC, little pullout CD player. And I remember it was real sensitive. Remember the sensitive CD players? Like you could barely hit a bump or the CD would start skipping. So we're going to the club and we got the, the music playing and every time Mac would hit a bump the CD was skipped and it was pissing him off and all of a sudden we hit this bump and the CD skips and the CD was brand new like it was fresh out of the plastic so we knew it wasn't the CD but we hit this bump and the music skips and he was like fuck and he grabs the, the CD player he pulls it out of the dash and just throws it out of the window while we're on the Autobahn doing like 100 miles an hour it fucked me up only I said nothing else the whole time we was in the car. But one very, very scary thing that happened. So Dickens and Mac started to date after a while, right? And um, what Mac didn't know, <sighs> he's probably going to kill me for telling this shit now, but Dickens was creeping with this dude named Knight. And the Knight lived down the hallway from me, right? Dickens would slide over there and hook up with him and then run back to Mac. And, you know, that was their business, whatever. But one night, Mac and Dickens got into an argument. They got into an argument about something, and she left. And um, she was in Knight's room. So Mac is looking for Dickens, and he comes in my room at, like, 1 o'clock in the morning. Now, I'm in the bed asleep, right? I'm asleep. And, uh... All I heard was somebody beating on my door at one in the morning. Boom, 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 boom. I'm like, man, who the fuck knocking on my shit at one o'clock in the goddamn morning? Who the fuck? So I, <laughs> I answer the door and it's Mac. And I'm all of a sudden, my shit just changed. Like, hey, Mac, how you doing, man? Now your voice get all high and shit. Hey, man, can I get you a glass of Kool-Aid? You want a bologna sandwich or something? He's like, uh, is Dickens here? I was like, what? He's like, Dickens, is she here? I'm like, nah, she ain't here. And I ain't seen her either. He looked at me like, is she here? I said, you can come in and look if you don't believe me, but I told you she's not here. And so he looks at me. He didn't say nothing, but the look on his face said, motherfucker, you better not be lying to me right now. And I wasn't. And so he leaves. He's very pissed off. I see him uh, walking back across the parking lot. And I run to Knight's room at 1.30 in the morning. And I say, Knight, uh, is Dickens here? He's like, why? 
I said, okay, that's the wrong answer. I said, Mac is looking for her. And if you value life, if you like being alive on this planet, I suggest you send her ass home right now. Mac's looking for her. And so he sent her home. So that was a very scary story. It still scares the shit out of me to tell it. And I hope that Mac's not looking for me now. But that's my uh, that's my Mac story. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, thanks for listening. God bless and good night. What's up, whole world? Welcome back to Storytime with Cedric, episode number 45. I decided to throw one more story on this episode, and I hope that you enjoy it. So let's get into it. So this story takes place... um, mid to late 80s i probably was uh 10 or 11 something like that and my brother's two years younger than me right so at the time my mother worked as a school teacher and it was um some trip her class was doing this trip to washington dc we lived in dayton ohio her school her class is is doing this trip to washington dc so me and my brother weren't going to go. We were going to stay with our neighbors while my mother went to D.C. for the weekend. And so Mr. Willie and Lillian was our neighbors. Mr. Willie, Lillian. And they were they were really cool, but they were kind of odd. They were really into, you know, their church life. It was different from what I was used to. I'm not trying to disrespect anybody, you know, religious beliefs or anything like that. I'll just say... You know, the shit that they did was different than the shit that we did. Is that fair? Can I get away with that? So we got to stay with Mr. Willie over the weekend. That means we got to go to church with Mr. Willie. And they was like, the church that they went to, they had a lot of rules. Like they had a daughter that was my age, but she could only wear like these long navy blue skirts. I never seen her wear short sleeves. They weren't allowed to listen to the radio. It was like a, a bunch of rules that they couldn't do that was all rooted, you know, in the rules from the church, right? Um, so my mother leaves, and we stay with Mr. Willie for the weekend. So let's get to Sunday. Let's get to it. So um, we decided to go in and just kind of sit and just kind of just enjoy the show, you know, just enjoy it. And it started off normal. Like, it started off pretty normal. Um, choir came out, and they did a couple of songs, and then like there was a devotion period where people came up and read scriptures out of the Bible and then somebody did a prayer and it was all pretty, you know, stuff I was used to seeing in my own church. But then, but then shit took a turn. Oh boy, did shit take a turn. So they got to they got to um, now once again, before I move forward with the story, it's not my intention to offend anybody's religious beliefs or religious behaviors. Um, I'm just telling the story the way I remember it. That being said, let's move forward. Um, so everything was going fine. Everything was going smooth. Everything was, was what I was used to. And then it took a turn, right? So they had what was called the praise period. Now the praise period is when somebody would come up to the microphone and they would tell a story, right? And they would go, Hey, you know, this week, uh, a butcher knife fell off the counter and it almost stabbed me in the foot, but it missed my foot, and the Lord saved my foot. Like, it's, it's people telling different stories about what happened to them that week, or just something good that happened, 
that they felt like was a, a blessing. You know what I mean? They would get up and tell stories like that. And the first couple of stories was normal. One lady got the microphone and she just started speaking in tongues. This was the first time I ever seen this shit, right? So she's speaking in tongues. You know, I like when uh, you go to church and the minister will say something and then the people in the audience go, yeah. And then he'll say something else and then people say, yeah. So she was speaking in tongues and then the people in the audience were speaking in tongues back to her. So now it's starting to get a little weird, right? I'm looking at my brother. I'm like, oh shit. Okay, just sit here and just chill and it should be over with pretty soon. So they're speaking in tongues and everybody in the church, it just starts to get real loud. Now I look to the left. I see old people getting up out of their wheelchairs, running around the church. I see another lady laying the aisle. She's convulsing. They're covering her with a sheet. She's convulsing. I see another dude hopping on one leg. He's slobbering out his mouth. They're covering him with a sheet. And they take the sheet off. And he's, he's hopping around on one leg. And this is all going on at the same time. I don't know what the hell is going on, but I'm scared to move. Now, it looked like shit was about to calm down. Now, I told you Mr. Willie had a daughter, right? Now, the daughter's my age. And I noticed that all the kids was, was starting to get up. And they were starting to, like, line up against the wall. Now, when I first saw it, because at my church that I was going to, we had a youth choir. And at, at some certain point of service, all the kids would get up, they go up front, and they'll they'll sing a couple of songs, and they go back and then sit down. So at first, I thought that's what it was. I'm like, oh, I don't know these songs. I'm not part of the youth choir. We're just going to sit right here. And so the daughter walked, I think her name was Shalea. I think it was Shalea, whatever it was. She comes over and she says, hey, uh, y'all want to get in line and go over there and get the Holy Ghost? I was like, excuse me? Do you want to go get the Holy Ghost? I said, no, I think I'm, I'm good right here. You don't want to go get the Holy Ghost? I'm like, no. So she went and told her dad, Mr. Willie. Mr. Willie's like, y'all not going to get the Holy Ghost? I said, Mr. Willie, we, we good right here, man. He just kind of looked at us. You could tell he was a little upset, but he couldn't beat us because we was in church. And so all the kids go over and line up against the wall. All of a sudden, this white dude, I don't know where, I don't know where he came from. He just, first he wasn't there, and then this motherfucker just appeared. He just was there. He's there, and he's walking up, like the kids are all lined up, and he's walking up to the kids, and he's like, he'll tap their forehead, pow, and then pass out. And they go to the next one, pow, and they'll pass out. And I see this shit, and I go, oh no, hell, we got to go. So me and my, <laughs> me and my brother get up, man, and we, we start to like walk towards the back of the church to kind of walk out the back doors. And we stepping around, motherfuckers is on the ground doing doing like they they convulsing on the ground. We stepping over motherfuckers doing this, and this lady's crying over here, and this this old man's running in circles, and it was like a goddamn freak show. I don't know what was going on in there. So we go outside and we're sitting on the front porch of the church, and like you can hear like you know people yelling and people screaming and the organ is you know the organ be hyping that shit up you know that that or anytime you go to a church right when shit is about to calm down the organ hype the shit back up right like be like if y'all loud and shit and then start to calm down and the organ be like this make it all calm and they go and it make everybody get them start dancing and shit the shit starts all over again so after about two, three encores of that shit, it finally, finally calms down. 
and me and my brother go back in the church and we sit in the back row and Mr. Willie is looking at us like he giving us like the stink eye for real. He's looking at us. He's not pleased. He's not happy. And so after church, it's just quiet in the car. It's really awkward, really quiet. We go back to Mr. Willie's house and we're sit, like Mr. Willie's sitting on the couch and he calls us downstairs because we got we got back to his house and we went upstairs or whatever. So he's like, Cedric, John, come downstairs. So Mr. Willie and Lillian are sitting on the couch and me and my brother standing in front of him. He's like, look, uh, because you chose not to take part in the activities of the church, I have to give you a whooping. The Bible says so. Or some shit he said like that. And I was like, Mr. Willie, um, you're not about to whoop me and my brother. We will fight you. And I was serious. Like, if he, if he was going to try to hit us, it was going to be a fight in his living room. Me and my brother going to fight him. And um, long story short, we did not get an ass whooping, but we didn't have to stay with Mr. Willie anymore after that. But it was crazy. It was a crazy, 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 crazy night. But it was, I learned from it. You know, I think any church you go to, um, you can learn from it. As I've been, as I've gotten older, I've been all around the world and I've been to many churches and I've been to many, many different types of services, different religions, and it's all good. But I think looking at it through the eyes of an adult versus looking at it through the eyes of, a, of an 11 year old, it could be different. So, um, thank you guys for listening. Once again, this story was not intended to offend anybody's religious beliefs or any way that you get down inside your tabernacle. I'm not here for that. I'm just telling my story what happened to me. So thank you for listening. God bless. Happy new year. I hope you enjoyed the stories and uh, I'll be back in 2020 with more stories. Keep listening and I'll keep posting them. All right. I got to get some food. I'm hungry. Thank you guys for listening. God bless. Happy new year. Good night. What's up, whole world? Welcome to Storytime with Cedric, episode number 45. So this story takes place um, early 90s, 92, 93, something like that, um, in Dayton, Ohio, okay? I think I was in junior high. I might have been a freshman, right around that age bracket, okay? So um, a new club had opened up. It was called City Lights. And what was different about this club was it was it was aimed at high school students, right? It was aimed at the high school students. So me and my partners heard about this club opening up. We had to go. We had to find a way to um, get to this club. It was it was imperative that we had to go to this club, right? So, but we weren't in high school. That's right. We weren't in high school yet. We were in eighth grade when this happened. That's why we wanted to go so bad. But anyway, um, we had to come up with a plan to get to this club because there's no way our parents was going to let us just go to a club, right? So this is what we came up with. JR, one of my... Okay, let me get to the characters of the story first. So it's myself and it's Marco. Now, me and Marco, um, really, really close friends, live in the same apartment building. We live right across from each other in this apartment building. Marco had a cousin named Jr. Now Jr. was on the same street, but he lived in a house that was a little bit further down the block. But you know, when we hung out, we were either at Marco's house, my house on the stoop, or 
at JR's house. You know, we, it was that close. So the plan was JR was going to tell his mom that he was going to spend the night at my house. And then I was going to tell my mom that I was spending the night at JR's house. When in reality, both of us were going to go to Marco's house, take our clothes and our outfits and everything over there, shower, get fresh, and then head to the club from Marco's house. That was the plan, right? Now, there's something you need to know about JR's mom. She's a very big part of the story, okay? JR's mom, uh, her name is Miss Francine. See the respect I put on that? Miss Francine. Um, very, very cool lady. Very lovely lady. And she was an awesome lady. But uh, don't get on her bad side. Don't piss her off. Don't be disrespectful. Um, it was like that. Like, don't don't piss her off, pretty much, okay? She was cool, but we seen both sides of that. Like, we seen her pissed off and we seen her in a good mood. And seeing her pissed off is something you don't want to be around it when it goes down. So... But we respected her, you know, like if we, let's say we at JR's house, we in the front, we talking shit, she hears somebody cuss, she'll come out there and, you know, she might smack you on the back of the head, tell you shut up and then go back in the house. But it was all good because we respected her that much. Does that make sense? But she's a big part of the story because JR had told his mom that he was coming to spend the night at my house. But in fact, he was not. He told a lie to Miss Francine. This comes back later in the story. Okay. Um. So, you know, we go to Marco's house, we get dressed, we get fresh. Everybody got money that night. Everybody got fresh outfits that night. Um, None of us have a car. So we have to walk to this club. It's like a 10-mile walk. It's a pretty good walk. It was pretty cold outside, too. I remember being pretty cold. Um, So we walk over to this club, man, and it's everything that we dreamed of. We, We... pay to get in and we walk in it's like high school girls up in there it's drinks and like it wasn't drinks like alcohol but you could like go to the bar and get like a coca-cola or a pineapple juice or whatever and then walk around with your little drink in your hand so you felt like you know you was drinking something but um it was cool it was a really good club man it was awesome we you know we walked in together and then we kind of split up when we got in there kind of doing our own thing so we and our getting our boogie on it's all good. I'm seeing people that I know from school that they snuck in there too, and it was all good. Marco over there dancing with some girl over there. I'm over here dancing with some girl over here. JR over there dancing with some girl over there. It was all good. We was having a ball. This was going to be a great story one day. And all of a sudden, uh, the DJ, right? The DJ uh, starts to talk over the music, and he says this. He says, uh, Daryl Taylor. Your ride is in the lobby. And the reason that's important is because JR's real name is Daryl Taylor. We all called him JR, but his real, like his government name is Daryl Taylor. You probably don't want anybody to know that. But for the sake of the story, I got to tell you, his real name was Daryl Taylor. We just called him JR. And so we look at, you know, we catch each other's eyes in the club and it's like, well, you know, we didn't get a ride up here. Anybody coming to get us? They might be talking about another another Daryl. We ain't worried about that. So we kind of looked at each other, kind of ignored it. We kept getting our boogie on. We kept dancing. Another five minutes go past, and the DJ came back over the over the over the microphone. He's like, uh, "Daryl Taylor, your ride is in the lobby." So the second time we hear it, 
you know, we, we, we catch, you know, we look at each other again and we catch up with each other. Let's go to the lobby and see what's up. So we walk into the lobby, all three of us together. We walk to the lobby and I'll be goddamn if Miss Francine is not in the lobby. It's, it's like one o'clock in the morning. She's standing there in the lobby with like this, like the head scarf and the robe and the house shoes and Sheena had to say nothing just to look on her face. We knew we fucked up. I wasn't even her biological child. And I felt like I was going to get my ass whooped too. So we stand in there and she's just looking at us. And she's like, so you said you're going to Cedric's house, right? What you doing up here? JR was always taller than the rest of us. He was like 6'1", 6'2", even you know when he was younger. Um, really tall. But whenever his mom was mad at him, he would break down and call her mommy. I'm sorry, mommy. I know, mommy. And it was, it was, it was, it caught me off guard to see somebody that tall talk to his mom like that. But that's how afraid of Miss Francine we was. And so, um, she giving us the business and we deserve it. You know what I'm saying? We, we, we all lied. We all snuck out. So she tells us to go outside, you know, get your ass outside. Let's go. So we get our coats and we walk outside to the parking lot and we walk into the car, right? And she said, oh, no, no, no. Uh, how'd y'all get up here? We're like, we walked up here. Oh, okay, well, walk your asses back home. And you better not be late. And drove the fuck off, man, and left us in the parking lot. And we had to walk home, man. We had to walk all the way back 10 miles, like, walking to an ass woman. I didn't go back to JR's house. I went to my house. I think JR got, I don't know if he got an ass whooping or not. His mom used to, like, beat us up, though. She ain't whoop us with no belt. She used to, like, give us that Pernell Whitaker, hit us with them combinations. So I think JR got served that night, and he probably got put on punishment. And then uh, my mom never found out, and I don't know if, if if Marco's mom ever found out or not. But um, I was just thinking about that story. Man, I was in Dayton uh, a few months ago, and... Uh, just just driving around the city, it made me think about that. I drove past the spot where that club had used to be at, and it made me think about that story, and I wanted to tell it. So thanks for letting me tell the story. Thank you guys for listening. JR, I hope you're not mad because um, I put your government name on my podcast. I apologize. But, um, yeah, y'all, thanks for listening. And uh, this might be the last podcast of the year. So I hope you enjoyed my, my podcast over the last 12 months. I hope you enjoyed your holiday. And uh, I hope you uh, enjoy your new year. And I wish you uh, greetings and good tidings in the coming years. We heading to the we we heading to the roaring twenties. So let's get it in. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. God bless and uh, happy new year. I see y'all next time. I don't understand why fat people always want to give you workout advice. It doesn't make any sense. I got a friend of mine. I need to get into the gym. Okay. Getting a little fluffy. Getting a little furry. Not fat yet. But I am starting to look like black Santa Claus. If I don't get my shit in control before long, I'm going to become black Santa Claus. I'm trying to attack it before I get to that. Before I get to that point. And fat people always want to give you workout advice. Let me tell you something, fat people. I don't want to hear your goddamn workout advice. What makes you think for one second I'm going to listen to anything 
that you have to say about physical fitness. I'm not. I'm not. The proof is in the pudding. Pudding being the key word here. I don't want to hear shit about your advice about being physically active, about being healthy, and about being at a healthy weight. Now, if you want to talk about some other shit, we can talk about other shit. You want to talk about recipes? You want to talk about which cheesecake is better? Hey, I'm all for that. We could do that. That's a conversation that we can have. But don't be trying to write up, you know, workout plans for me. Don't be doing that shit. First of all, I don't want to hear it. And second of all, I don't believe you. Don't tell me that this works and I'm looking at the person that's giving it to me because I don't believe you. So, that being said, I have to start getting to a gym regimen sooner or later. Um, I was in the shower the other day and this is, this is how I knew I had to lose some weight. I'm in the shower and my body's wet and I have a bar of soap and I'm lathering my body with soap. And it was dial, as a matter of fact. So I got the dial and the waters, you know, I got bubbles and everything. And the, the soap slips out of my hand and shoots straight up into the air. And I try to catch it, but I can't catch it. And it lands right above my stomach, right below my chest, the little area by the solar plexus. And it just sits right there. And it just sits there and it's wet. And I don't know why I didn't slide to the floor, but it just sat right there on my stomach. And it was at this moment I knew that I had to do something. I had to lose some weight. I got a friend of mine, his name is Epps. And he told me, we used to joke all the time. He's a little chubby, I'm a little chubby. And we give each other little jabs. And I told him Epps stands for eats plenty of pies swiftly. And I thought that shit was really, really funny. And then he came back at me and he said, well, reads, read means really enjoy eating donuts. And it hurt my feelings. It was funny, but it hurt my feelings. So I got to tell Epps that read means ready each and every day. You got that? You remember that? Believe it. So I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to find me a gym. If I can get in there and get me into a, a nice little rhythm, nice little regimen. And hopefully, uh, in a couple of months, I'll be in shape. I'll be in a pretty good shape. So, thanks for listening. Adios. I'm out. Take care. God bless. Good night. What's up, old world? Welcome back to the second segment. Um, this story takes place many, many years ago. I was I was probably 10 or 12 or something like that. And um, really young. But I remember I remember when this happened. Because I'm still fucked up a little bit today because of it. Um, so my uncle used to live with us when we was little. It was my mother and then my uncle and then me, my younger brother, and my younger sister. And my older brother kind of would go back and forth between our house and my grandmother's house. He usually stayed at my grandmother's house more. But anyway, so it was like, my uncle used to date this, this woman named Eula, right? Um, and I remember my sister could never say her name. She used to call her Nula. We used to tease her because she couldn't say her name. And my sister's like, you know, seven, six maybe. 
John's a couple years younger than me. I'm like 10, 12. And I remember that shit because there used to be this singer named Jody Watley who had that song, New Love. It was like, I'm looking for a new love, baby. We would say, new love, baby, just to fuck with my sister because she couldn't say it. But um, Eula had um, false teeth. And when you like that age, you don't know anything about that type of shit. So what she used to do is she would take her teeth out and she would put them in a, uh, like a glass. Let them soak overnight. And, you know, we didn't know this until we stumbled upon them and we almost had heart attacks when we saw this shit. So it was, I remember it was one night. It was right after the first of the month. We got our, our check. My mother went grocery shopping. And, you know, the house was, you know, we had groceries. We had a couple of hot pockets and all that good shit. And what me and my brother used to do is we used to wait till all the adults went to sleep and then we would sneak downstairs and then, you know, get first dibs at, you know, the Hot Pockets or the Twinkies or whatever we wanted to eat. Everybody was sleeping down there bashing shit all night. So this particular night, we wait till like 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning, everybody sleep. Me and my brother tiptoe down the steps and uh, we go in the kitchen <clears throat> cut the light on. Now, we still a little. We ain't old enough to, like, you know, get to the cabinets. We gotta climb on top of the countertop to get to the cabinet and the cabinet on top of the refrigerator and all that shit. So, we move the, um, the dish rack where you put the dishes at, the little, where you put the plates and shit. It was next to the stove. It was next to the sink. And so, we slid it over so we can climb up there and when I tell you we saw them goddamn teeth in that glass, we just saw like teeth. <laughs> like a whole row of them bitches. <laughs> and they was in the glass. You talk about scaring the shit out of somebody. I just remember screaming and going, oh God, what the fuck? Ah! So <laughs> oh my God, it was horrible, man. It scared the shit out of us. And um we're screaming and screaming and shit. And I think my mom woke up and came downstairs. And I think we got ass whoopings for trying to like sneak to get the food or whatever. But I remember that because the teeth, the teeth jacked me up for a long time. I was not ready, but um, it was pretty funny when you think about it later on. But when I was 10, seeing a glass full of teeth just sitting there smiling at you for no reason it, it fucked me up for a long it, a long long time so that's my story that's my Eula story and uh thank you for listening god bless good night what's up whole world Welcome to Storytime with Cedric. Uh, we back for segment number two. I got another story to tell. So this story is actually, um, it happened pretty recently. And I just thought I'd share it, get your opinion on it. So I bought a new alarm clock, okay? I bought this new alarm clock. I'm reading this article, and it basically states, like, you know, the average person uses their cell phone or use some type of alarm clock to wake them up in the morning. And most of the time, it's a buzzer or a ringer, or something that kind of snaps you out of your slumber, something that startles you out of your sleep. And studies say that over time, this is bad for your health. So they recommend this um, 
this new alarm clock is kind of shaped like a circle, like a little miniature sun. And um, it's supposed to wake you up in a manner that's more natural. So this clock, this particular clock, it, it brightens gradually over time. So let's say you wake up at four o'clock in the morning like I do. Um, you would set it for four o'clock. And so right about 3.40, it'll start to light up gradually. And by the time four o'clock rolls around, it's at the peak of its brightness and then the light wakes you up. And this is supposed to be healthier for you. It's supposed to have you feeling refreshed when you wake up and so forth and so on. So I read the article, I got hyped on it. It wasn't that expensive. I went ahead and bought me one of these alarm clocks. Well, the first day I used the shit, um, I was late to work because what they didn't tell you is you have to be facing this shit when you sleep, right? I happened to be facing the opposite direction. The clock was on the right side of the bed. My face was facing the left side of the room. So um, I didn't see shit. The whole right side of the room was, was, was lit up. It was bright and shit, but I didn't see it because I was asleep the other way. Now my wife seen it. Um, she seen it and then she woke me up. So I get up and I'm at work and I'm telling some of my friends about it. It works with my coworkers. And one um, young lady that I work with, her name is Ashley. And I'm telling her about this clock and everything. And she says, well, you, have you heard of this? Um, it was, I forget the name of it, but it was a ring she was telling me about. Now, if you ever have, if you ever wore a Fitbit, they have Fitbits that you wear and they monitor your blood pressure and they monitor your heart rate and oxygen levels and all of this stuff. And they also can, can be used as an alarm clock. They'll just, they'll vibrate quite, you know, real gentle where to wake you up and not the, the person that's sleeping in bed with you. And the ring is like a miniature version of that. So um, she's telling me about this ring, you know, and it's supposed to vibrate and wake you up. Like it's supposed to be this quiet way, but it's supposed to be healthy. And you wake up more refreshed because you're not startled out of your sleep and whatnot. I said, okay, so when I get home, I'll, I'll get online and take a look. I'll look for it. So I get home and get on the internet. And my dumbass type in uh, vibrating ring for males and I type enter and oh boy a lot of shit popped up on my computer screen right had nothing to do with waking up and going to work nothing to do with that subject matter at all but it was some other rated R rated NC-17 rated X shit that popped up and um, it was very crazy so um, the first thing I'm thinking is how the fuck am I going to explain this to my wife why this shit is in my internet history but um get back to work. I'm like, Ashley, what the fuck, man? You know what kind of shit popped up on my computer last night? And we're at work, you know, we're laughing about shit. And then she sent me the link, the actual link to the to the um, piece of merchandise that she was talking about. So I actually took a look at it. And it was a very cool thing. I didn't buy it. It's a little bit out of the price range. I think it was like $800 for this ring. So um, maybe when I get my taxes, uh, <laughs> maybe I'll get one then. But um, yeah, it was pretty crazy. So be careful. Be careful when you're getting online, man, and doing this type of stuff. It reminds me of this old story. Um, when I first moved to El Paso, my wife's going to be so mad for me telling the story. Um, I'm in El Paso. I just moved here, and it was, it was January when I got here. So Valentine's Day is, um, is coming up. And I don't really know where to go. I don't know where shit is. So I get online and start looking for gifts for my wife. And I remember... Um, looking up, like, my wife likes to be pampered, right? So I look up manicure, I type that in. All these places come up where you can get manicures and shit. And then I type in, um, 
pedicure. And all these places come up where you get pedicures, and I'm, you know, I'm writing all this stuff down. And I type in facial, you know, because you can get like a facial, but um, a lot of other shit popped up. It had nothing to do, you know, with going to a health spa. And the screen is just full of all these images and all these pictures. Like, oh my God, what is all this shit? And of course, that's when my wife walks in the room. She walks in the room and she's like, yo, what the fuck are you looking at? Think we just found your Valentine's Day present. No, I'm just, I'm kidding. She's gonna be so mad when she hears this. All right, God bless. Thank you all for listening, and uh, good night.